this is the messy backend, where experts share customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on behind the beautifully branded front end of entrepreneurship. This is where most businesses fail, so we're here to help you save time, make money, and succeed. And now your host of The Messy Backend, Sheila J. Davis and Nate Tucker. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today because as Dale Carnegie once said, if you want to conquer fear, don't sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. And they would know that family is wealthy. And later on, we're going to be talking to Lindsay Satterfield. Lindsay is a productivity trainer and coach who shows people how to boost their productivity to get the results they most want in their work life, work and life in a fast and fascinating and yes, a messy world in business and out. During our podcast today, you'll hear from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. Our experts will help them by sharing their experience, expertise, and the tools they suggest to get it all cleaned up. And if you're an entrepreneur with a messy back end and you would like the advice of our experts, we really want to hear from you. So give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Now let me introduce you to our freaking awesome panel this week. We have Roger Copenhaver, sales coach, trainer, consultant, and founder of Connect Utah. Alyssa Burgoyne is a business operations mentor who helps busy business owners put systems in place to ensure their businesses run smoothly, even when they aren't around. And Annie LaCroix, self-proclaimed brain science geek and the host of The Brainy Boss podcast, saves you time to get other stuff done. Be sure to find out more about our panel and experts, plus the free stuff they're giving away on our site at themessybackend.com. Are you ready to put your business on autopilot and actually live your life? We simply offer the best strategies and solutions anywhere online at Lock and Load Marketing. Development, design, and marketing solutions to keep your business on target. Come conquer life's challenges with laughter with our very own Nate Tucker, founder of laughingwithnate.com. Funny guy, photographer, digital marketer, entrepreneur, philanthropist, animal lover, and most importantly, pizza connoisseur. Visit laughingwithnate.com. Before the show, our panelists are given a detailed description of our entrepreneur listeners' biggest messes. In this segment, we like to call the E-Mess. They will share their best idea, strategy, or tool for the success of our entrepreneurs. The entrepreneurs who submitted the messes will then choose the advice they like the best that they feel is the best solution for their situation. Then in 30 days, we invite them back to hear how the solutions affected their business. Today we have on us with the call, Nikki Nelson, who is the owner operator of CRFX, a find a way company, educator and empath. Welcome Nikki. Hi. Hi Nikki. So Nikki's question basically is when she's growing and getting to the point of feeling success, uh, sometimes she feels that she's stretching herself and she's going a, a bit out of her comfort zone and she just is overwhelmed. Uh, and or how does she not let that fear of, of growth and success overwhelm her uh, to the point where she gives up or she's afraid of making that change that she needs to to stretch into the person that she wants to, to become? Uh, yeah, I think... 
I think a lot of entrepreneurs get in that situation where it's kind of a fear of flight. What it was it called? Like a deer in headlights, right? You know, you have to be doing this, but then and you start moving forward and then you hit this wall of fear. Um, Alyssa, has this ever happened to you? And like, what's your best advice for Nikki for overcoming this fear of, I, some, I was just saying maybe the fear of success or the fear of failure kind of combined in one. It's like you get knocked between both of them. Honestly, yes, this has happened to me. Um, I, I, yeah, I've been in this position as well and I suffered almost from imposter syndrome. So anybody that's yes. entrepreneurial has probably heard of that, you know, in the back of your mind, you could be being as successful as you want to be, but back there, there's some voice saying like, but you really don't know, or, but you really don't have the skills for this or something. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes even after you've taken the education and, um, any kind of training to be an expert in that, that voice can still creep in. That happens to me still. Um, so the biggest thing that I can suggest is some mindset work, whether that's working with a coach, listening to some mindset podcasts, um, because I really believe and have seen this in my own business that when your mindset is in the right place, it's going to help move your business forward. You have to believe in what you're offering and you have to believe in the abilities you have. So sometimes it's really difficult to, to kind of draw that line and mindset work is what really helped me to move past that in my business. Love yeah, it. I love, yeah, I love that. Nate, did you have something more to say about that? Cause I love that too. Yeah. Uh, I I'm very familiar with imposter syndrome and something that I have to remind myself of often is even though I like in, in whatever field that I'm working in, it's like, okay, like as a photographer, people all the time are like, Oh, Nate, you're so amazing. And I'm looking at these people that I'm looking up to as other professional photographers. And I'm comparing myself to them and saying, Oh, I'm not as good as them. So therefore, I'm not good enough for my clients. And that's, that's a fallacy right there, because I'm already an expert compared to them. You know, yeah. if you build websites and somebody comes to you, okay, I might not be able to build a website like, you know, Amazon.com. I don't have that skills. But if you need a simple, you know, five page website, landing page offers, those types, it's like, I can do that. And so you got to remind yourself, it's like, you might be the perfect expert for your client. And yeah. so don't compare yourself to other experts that are better than you. Remember that you might be the expert needed for them. Yeah, definitely. I love that. And, and I think a lot of us do that. I think that's just, I think it starts out as I want to be like that person. So I'm going to improve my skills and then it becomes, oh crap, I'm not like that person. And it pulls you back. It's literally bouncing back and forth between the two. So um, Roger, what are your thoughts on this as far as like, when this fear like cripples you, like you need to support your family and, and how do you make that happen? And how do you make sure you're ethical yeah. and all of that stuff? So, uh, easier said than done. I think we can yeah. all agree to that. Yeah. Having yeah. that entrepreneur anxiety and the imposter syndrome and, and the ADD all lumped up. And I know, I know Nikki is that a little, um, but, uh, I, I would say, look at a big picture, having a mentor. I, I love what Alyssa was saying as far as, you know, finding a mindset coach or somebody, but finding somebody within your industry, um, that you want, that, that you, they've been successful in doing what they're doing. Now, um, I'm a big believer. I was just speaking to my networking group about this last week. I'm a huge believer in having two, three, four mentors in different areas. When I say mentors, I'm not talking paid. You can pay them if you want. Those are coaches. But I mean, if find a mentor or five that that um, handle a certain area of business or life, 
and, and, and it's easier to say, just find a mentor, but here's, here's the key to this, okay? It's ask. You've got to be able to ask them in a way that's not going to in, infringe upon their time, but really come across and say, hey, look, you know, uh, Sheila, I'd really love for you to mentor me. I really love what you're doing. I see a lot of value. I see how you're connecting with the community. I see how you're connecting with your customers and so forth. Um, you know, I, I would really love to just pick your brain and, you know, 15, 20 minutes once a month or something for the next three or four months. But having a mentor is uh, key. Yeah. And making sure, like you said, use their time wisely, especially since you're not paying them. In 10 or 15 minutes, my mentor can make take me from like, a level two to a level 12. He's just that good. I found the perfect mentor. I guess I was really lucky. It took me 15 years to find the right one, but I did it. Yeah, really um, lucky. It took you 15 years. Right? See, I know. But it, it Imposter well. syndrome much? Maybe, <laughs> like, maybe, it, maybe. I've never heard of that before, but I'm positive I have it. Oh, you, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this? This is a really tough one that I think probably, a, you know, most entrepreneurs I, I think would be dealing with this. <laughs> so I, what I hear you saying is as you have this anxiety towards this last nine months push that you're wanting to make this successful, giving yourself the two years to do that. I think that one, one method I really like to use is fear setting is really embracing that things could fail because it's part of entrepreneurship. It's part of what you're going to happen. So knowing that there are going to be failures and maybe some will be smaller, maybe some will be bigger. But changing that wording into saying, okay, this is a learning transition, not a failure. What did I learn from it? How am I going to adjust in the end? And then part of that fear setting is saying, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen? And it might feel really bad. It might feel like my business doesn't work. I've spent two years doing this, but you will have learned so much from there. You will have gotten an entire education that you can then make that a learning transition and approach it differently and give yourself another six months. So I would say as you're approaching your last nine months, really frame what you're going to learn in the midst of these learning transitions and how you're going to adjust to reach the goals you want to reach. Oh, I, I love, love that. that. Like oh. what you said about adjusting, what, what that reminds me of is like, you need to be able to be strong enough uh, to basically, you need to make the changes in your life, your business or whatever to achieve the goals you want. Let's compare it to like weightlifting because everyone understands weightlifting. Say I have a goal to deadlift 350 pounds. <laughs> Guess what? there's a good chance that I'm going to fail if I just run over and pick up 350 pounds. I will either break myself or I will drop it. I don't know. I've never tried that before. So I don't know what will happen. But it just makes sure I'm videotaping it when it does happen. Continue. Right. So you got to start out small and you got to, but you have to push yourself. You have to grow. Um, don't be afraid to set the goals that are required, that require you to change as a person. And it's going to be painful and it's going to be hard and you're going to fail. But guess what? It, it's only a failure if we don't learn from our mistakes. Absolutely. If you don't learn, oh, I need to adjust the grip on these, this weight. I need to lift up differently. I need to wear better shoes, you know, use different tools and you'll learn and grow and say, okay. And then guess what? In nine months time, you're deadlifting that 350 pounds and you're a different person than you were nine months before, but you're the strong, you're the person that can handle those changes now and keep growing into the, the amazing businesswoman you are. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. Nikki, 
We have heard some really excellent advice from our panel today, um, given some really good solutions. What um, advice would you like to take from, from our experts to implement over the next 30 days and then join us back to share your experience? Well, just a little bit from each of them. Because, right? Uh, right? Um, the thing is, is I'm not afraid of failure. Um, I just want to be able to provide and have this be my living for the rest of my life. Right. Um, and I actually, Nate, if you want to deadlift 350 pounds, I can help you. It's going to take more than two years. So uh, that's, that part is what I do in my business. It's all those steps we take. And literally the theme of my business is um, how, let me help you find effortless joy without any dependence on the outcome. And I, I do live that. So my fear is, um, uh, you know, money runs out and I have to go back to the other ways that I've always been able to make money, massage being one of them. Um, I can't charge $1,000 per massage, but I can charge what I pretty much, my clients have actually raised their prices over 20 years. I work on my very first client from 20 years ago still, and I don't do very much of it, but the fact of the matter is my fear lies in um, not being able to that I'm going to have to go back to my old ways of live, making a living because I am not necessarily failing and I'm not afraid of that. I can just translate into the things, but each of you and Roger, um, gosh, I don't know. I, so with the bits and pieces from all three of you, if I had to choose one, um, yeah. <laughs> um, probably well, I'm go with Annie, probably, except that I really want to help Nate you know, deadlift 350 pounds, but other than and try to do what Annie, uh, I'm going to try to work from that perspective, even though a lot of that is already where I'm at emotionally and mentally. I think the tactical act of doing it is where I'm going to have to stick with Annie on this. Right, right. So maybe get a mentor to help you do what Annie is suggesting. That's a good combination of the two then I think. For us mentors, it's important yeah. to find other mentors and that's always been a hard acceptance. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Asking for help is always hard, but thanks Nikki. I appreciate it. So we look forward to hearing back from you in 30 days on how this went. And another point for uh, a point for Annie and Roger gets another point today too as well. <laughs> right awesome. on. <laughs> Everyone's getting points. So if you, yes, you, the listen, the one listening right now, if you felt inspired to take our panelists' advice in your business and you would like to share what suggestions you used for your business, you know, please let us know about your progress because the key to making this podcast really work is to hear about the results from the suggestions. This allows us to be able to learn not from just one expert's point of view, but from the execution of the uh, suggestions provided. You know, people ask us all the time how they can get their podcast up and going. What we tell them is use the platform that we use, podserve.fm. They do all the work to get your podcast up on Apple Podcasts as well as other major podcast networks. After that, they also promote it and they make sure that it's seen by thousands of people. Check out their easy four-step process at podserve.fm slash messy today. One of the biggest software issues that many online businesses have is their shopping cart. What a messy backend that can be. Imagine if your payments weren't going through or if they weren't connecting and your products weren't going out. 
Well, head on over to themessybackend.com slash cart for more details about Thrivecart. That's the cart we use, and it is the number one software cart that grows your income from existing traffic, and believe me, it pays for itself many times over with the high converting checkout pages, upsells and affiliates, easy to set up coupons, beautiful checkout pages. I mean, they guys, they have it all. There's a video over there for you that shows you how simple it is to use. Head on over to themessybackend.com slash cart and get the messy back end of your shopping cart cleaned up. Hey, Lindsay, we are so excited to have you here at the messy back end with your, I think being productive has a lot to do with fear because if, if you are productive, you probably have less fear, but what we're specifically going to be talking about today and your specialty is that fear is actually normal. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I think when you're ever, you're going to engage in any kind of enterprise and particularly as an entrepreneur, you're going to have to deal with fear. Fear is um, part of the game. And in fact, I think it's important to take the spookiness out of fear. Um, it's part of, uh, it's the design, it's design and um, it's not a bug. <laughs> so it's really part of how we're wired as human beings. So our, our wiring is what's allowed us to survive and thrive all these many eons. So it's something we have to learn how to kind of counterbalance and work with and understand what it is and why it works the way it does. So one thing I think is interesting for people to know, so they don't get stuck um, in their endeavors, whatever it is, some big project or, a, you know, starting a business, launching a business, launching a podcast, is to um, recognize that there's this uh, cognitive uh, design that we have, which is called negativity bias. And it's where we are constantly looking around for signals that there is risk somewhere, that we're threatened somehow. And um, we're, you know, we're doing this very, it's, it's not conscious, it's just part of the unconscious part of our brain kind of seeking this out. And then what it does is it zeroes in on that and it amplifies it. It makes it bigger and bigger so that we address it. So that worked super well when there was the tiger in the bush, right? <laughs> when we were in life and death situation. But we've, we're still using this mechanism is still at play in our modern life where it isn't for most of us a life and death, death situation every day. So um, that gets sort of laid on top of these other types of risks that we start to experience. And we start to amplify that. So let me give you an example how this works. So let's say I gave a training and I get some evaluations back and in the evaluations, they're glowing and they're wonderful and they're fantastic. And then there's this one person who just didn't dig it. <laughs> they didn't love the training and they express themselves. And so what do we do typically? We amplify that. We, that's threatening to us, right? We're standing out. We're sticking out. We're, we're feeling rejected. Those are all threatening to us. And so we then amplify that and focus on that and lose all perspective. So that's really what we have to understand when we're talking about fear, that it's a matter of perspective, of learning how to balance perspective. Um, so with that, I just want to say, is that all making sense? Is that... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
it's just like you just need to remember that it's going to be a natural response. It's like at the beginning when you were talking about that, like the tiger in the, you know, in the weeds or whatever, woods or whatever you said, yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of re relate to that on a mom perspective, right? As yeah. a mom, when the house gets quiet, man, my fear flags are like, what are they breaking? What's Who happening? Are what are they smearing on the walls? And what's going to do? <laughs> and, and it does, like when you come up on something that you're not expecting or that you're not familiar with, you do get that like inner anxiety of something. But it's, it's more just like you should just be aware, like you said, of the perspective. Yes. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the other thing that I wanted to say is that we're pack animals. So we don't like to stick out right? We don't want to, and being an entre entrepreneur is inherently sticking out, right? It's inherently exposing. And that is just naturally uncomfortable from the survival instinct. So we have to learn how to counterbalance this natural tendency of the mind. And I wanted to just share three basic ways or three kind of arenas in which you can start to build um, that counterbalance to fear. Uh, because without doing that, you're going to just fall into the trap of fear, right? You're just going to fall down that, that rabbit hole. Um, and, you know, when you think about great performers, like great athletes, they are all working on their mental game, you know, they, and that's the same is true for entrepreneurs. You know, at a certain point, when you're putting yourself out there, you're putting your product out there or service out there, You've got to work on your mental game in order to reach the kind of performance that is, is needed, that you're, that you're wanting to um, do. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about is meaning. So one of the things you can do is take any big goal you have for your business, write it down. There's evidence, there's been some studies that handwriting your goals increases the likelihood of accomplishing them by 40%. So that's like wow. a bonus just like off the top, do that, you know, why not? <laughs> so write them down, but write them as if they've already happened in the past tense. And then underneath each goal, write why it's important, why it's important and keep that visible to you. And the reason for this is you want to create a new neural network so that that fear network, that sort of network going down the fear road, um, gets counterbalanced by the meaning network. Now, meaning is essential for motivation. And motivation is not a happy, fun, random thing that hits us on the head, who knows why. Motivation is a neurochemical process also wound into our survival instinct. And so when you attach to meaning, all of a sudden you trigger the neurochemistry of motivation, which are kind of opposite hormones. So with fear, you have cortisol and adrenaline um, that has some sort of tunneling effects where you don't have full access to all parts of your brain. Motivation, on the other hand, opens up the learning center, the neurochemistry of motivation, dopamine, serotonin. So if you just attach to meaning and every day as sort of in, a, in your own ritual way, if you go ahead and look at your goals as if they're already done and why they're important to you, that's going to start to counterbalance, counterweight that tendency towards fear. I so love that because I was actually, um, 
Mel Robbins in her five second rule yes. book, or actually I think it's her five second rule talk or something I heard her say, um, is before she goes on stage, she gets really nervous and her anxiety is like out the roof. And so what she does is she, because your body acts the same with anxiety as it does with fear and excitement or um, whatever your adrenaline gets pumping like that. Mm-hmm. She says she just does five, four, three, two, one. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> I just can't imagine, you know, the number one female speaker in the world being nervous about going on stage. She's yeah. on CNN for crying out loud. Yeah. That, that's exactly what you're saying is retrain your brain to think differently, Nate. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of a quote by one of a, a fictional character, actually, Doctor Who. But, <laughs> but he says, he said, courage isn't a matter of not being frightened. You know, it's a being afraid and doing what you have to do anyway. It's pushing through that fear because everyone has fear. And I think right. like, like you mentioned earlier, like especially entrepreneurs, a lot of times we'll compare ourselves to other entrepreneurs who we think are successful and we go, well, they're up there and they don't have any fear. Like one of my good friends, my best friend, she told me the other night because I was talking about, you know, a sarcastic comment that I said in a job interview once. And she's like, how do you have so much courage at even something that's super normal, like a job interview? And I was like, well, I don't know if that's courage or what I'm still afraid when I'm there but that doesn't mean I can't be myself and do what I need to do anyway. And she's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's a good point. Like we all have fear. I have fear. I'm afraid every single day, even just things that a lot of other people aren't afraid of. I'm like, I have afraid. I have fear walking out to get the mail because I don't walk well and I could trip and fall and break something, but that doesn't mean it's going to stop me from going to the mailbox and getting something because that wouldn't be living. That wouldn't be achieving my dreams and my goals. So I, I yeah. love that you brought that up. It's, it's fear. Isn't a bad thing. It's no. motivation if we use it right. And we, like what you said, you use the right parts of your brain so that you get those correct chemicals working, you know, yeah. the good ones instead yeah. of the, the scary ones. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I love what you're saying about courage. That is absolutely it, that we need to act with, you know, why would we have courage if um, there were no fear? That is why we need to act with courage in our businesses and in our life. So two more quick things. One is mindset. So you want to look at what it is that you are afraid of and dig underneath it to see what is the belief behind that. Because there is, it's a little package. It goes thought, feeling, action, result, right? Thought, feeling, action, result. And if we just only attack at the action level, we're going to find like repeating behaviors. So take a look behind the veil and look at what is it that I'm believing and start to restructure your thought about that. You know, I'm not capable of doing, you know, X because I failed once. Well, I, I did fail that one time and I learned X, Y, and Z so I can do this better. So you're just going to reformat those thoughts. And then um, just like what you were saying, Nate, about action, action is so critical and really starts to adjust the sort of neurochemical um, cocktail that we have going on. And um, so a bias for action is so important. And the thing that I like to encourage people to do that's really practical is there's two horizons of focus for productivity, where I want to go, the outcome, and the next action that I'm going to take. And what happens is our our to-do lists tend to be all those big things we want to do, right? We're going to launch this podcast, we're going to do X, Y, Z, and that starts to freak us out, right? The big outcomes start to freak us out. So when you start feeling that fear, you want to pull back 
pull your attention back to what is the next action that I can take. What is, that's the five, four, three, two, one. What is the next action that I can take? So don't focus, like a lot of this is, is really mastery around where do I wanna put my attention? So if I put my attention on someone's Instagram account, I can work myself up into a tizzy, right? <laughs> but if I focus here on what I'm doing and my next action, that also will trigger the neurochemistry of motivation. Two things in motivation, meaning and control. Action has to do with control and impact. So when you take action, you'll immediately start to relax that, those fear horm hormones that might be getting in the way. I love that. And it's so true. Like I find myself, I'm actually an introvert. <laughs> Most mm -hmm. people don't know about me because I, I fake it pretty well because when I'm going out of the house or to an event, or even when I'm speaking, um, it's very difficult for me. But once I'm actually doing it, once I take yeah. that action, because I know my why, then I'm more comfortable, which is why probably people don't know that I'm an introvert. So I guess, <laughs> you know, that that's me. I don't know, being uh, stupid or whatever, um, Dr. Who, I thought Mark Twain said that did Dr. Who or Doc Mark Twain Mark? said something similar, but okay. Dr. Who said it cooler and with a British <laughs> accent. So and that does matter. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So, um, so Cumberbatch is the man when it comes to this, then I guess yeah. exactly. Dr. Who that I know. <laughs> all right. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much because you know, fear is probably one of the biggest things. And I know I do, I say this every single episode, Nate, but fear is really difficult for entrepreneurs. Um, there's a lot of fears yeah. that we deal with from, are we going to fail? Are we going to succeed? Are we going to lose money? Are we going to make too much money? Whatever, all those things. So um, definitely one of those things that goes on in the back end that we don't show people a lot. So um, we really appreciate you. Um, yeah. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you. Um, but if you, our listeners, um, feel like you are an entrepreneur with a messy back end and you would like to have some personalized advice from our experts, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. And don't forget to subscribe uh, to our podcast on iTunes or by visiting themessybackend.com slash subscribe so you never miss an episode and so that we can keep like creating these wonderful episodes, having wonderful guests like Lindsay on the show to share their expertise. So please, please, please subscribe. And thank you so much to our advertisers, podserve.fm slash messy. They really can help you get your podcast up and going. It's so much easier with podserve.fm slash messy and Thrivecart, the best shopping cart I personally have ever used. And I have used almost every one of them. So check them out at themessybackend.com slash cart. You will not regret it. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Lock and Load Marketing and Laughing with Nate. Check them out. They can help you. Yeah, it is. It's me and Nate, but definitely we can help you. We understand the messy backend. We live in it sometimes and we clean it up. We're here for you. Last but not least, I would like to give a huge shout out and big thank you to my team who makes the Messy Backend Podcast possible. Starting with Nate Tucker, my awesome co-host, who helps bring out your inner beauty and vision through coaching, photography, and video at laughingwithnate.com. Max Winham, who helped us with our audio, well, okay, let's face it, he did our audio and video and cleaned up all of our messes. You can find out more about him at maxwinham.design or visit our website, themessybackend.com. 
Cassandra Bostwick, my beautiful daughter who helps us with our show notes and editing because she's a much better writer than I am. Kendall Whitesides, who does such a great job on our voiceovers for our intro and outro. Now remember, if it tires you out, hire it out at Lock and Load Marketing. We do more than just marketing. We clean up your messy systems and put your business on autopilot to generate the income you're definitely wanting. Wondering what tools we use for our business at The Messy Backend? Visit themessybackend.com slash tools today. Thank you all for your time and expertise in helping us clean up messy backends all over the world. Woo! Well, that's all we have for today's episode of The, 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 the Messy Backend. Join us again next week as our experts share more customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on in the back end of entrepreneurship. Remember, you are not alone. Every business has a messy back end and needs a little attention.